Welcome to this Under the Covers episode of Charlotte Readers Podcast, where authors give voice to their written words. This is the Friday version of Charlotte Readers Podcast, where host Landis Wade and his author guests get under the covers. That's right. We get in and out because there are just too many interesting books and engaging authors in the region and not enough time. And just like the longer version of the show, you'll learn interesting facts about the authors and their books, and the authors will read their work. And also like the longer version, you will find images, links, and information about the authors in the show notes at charlottereaderspodcast.com. Support for Charlotte Readers Podcast is provided by Park Road Books, the oldest and only independent bookstore in Charlotte, conveniently located in Park Road Shopping Center. And by Charlotte Mecklenburg Library, a connector of readers, leaders, and learners with 20 locations and a 24-hour online presence. We're also grateful to those of you who offer member support, for which I'm pleased to offer in return member-only content curated with our authors and myself. You can find out more about this member-only content and how you can help authors give voice to their written words at charlottereaderspodcast.com. When Landis is not getting under the cover at bookstores, at events, and on the road, he does it in the well-equipped podcast studio at Advent Coworking, located in the Belmont community near Uptown Charlotte. But enough with the prologue. Let's get under the covers. I'm your host, Landis Wade. Thank you for listening. Hey, listeners, today we're visiting with Jennifer Ruff and talking about her book, Pretty Little Girls. Jennifer is an Amazon and USA Today bestselling author. She's published seven dark and twisty mystery thriller novels and a few horror stories in different anthologies. And she has three different series in process, the Brooke Walton series, the Agent Victoria Heslin series, and the Quinn Trainer Madeline Hamilton series. You can find out more information about her in the show notes at charlotteridgepodcast.com. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yes. How do you become an Amazon and USA Today bestselling author? Um, You have to sell a lot of books. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of books, and I did it primarily by selling e-books. Really? Probably 85% of my sales are e-books. Is that how it always was, or did you kind of gravitate to that? Um, I started out with a small publisher, and I probably sold more print copies then, but I'm able to do most of my marketing on social media, online, Mm. so it's mostly e-books and then audiobooks next. Uh, We might get into some of that in the Writer's Life segment, but first, we're here to talk about your book, uh, Pretty Little Girls. Um, Before we get under the covers, let's talk about the cover itself. You've got a well, it's, uh, there's, a, there's an old house on the cover here, right? Yeah, it's supposed to be a beautiful Charlotte home, an upscale home like you'd find in Myers Park or somewhere similar. And is the mood, I mean, it looks like there are no leaves on the trees. Is that to set the mood for the, for the difficulties that start us out in this book? Yeah, it's supposed and to be a little and harsh and ominous. Yeah, and there's two girls, I think it is, probably silhouettes on a long sidewalk that could be up to a, Front porch, say, in Myers Park or somewhere like that. That yeah. was the idea. That was the idea. Okay. Uh, but cloud cover and dark clouds at the top, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who did your cover for you? Um, the designer is Tim Barber. Mm-hmm. He did the first book in that series as well. It looks very similar. It's got the dark, cloudy skies and the ominous thriller mystery look that fits mm-hmm. with the genre. Yeah. And did you have to learn that over time to kind of make the the book covers fit to the 
story? Is that lessons kind of learned in the writing process? Yes. And I actually paid quite a bit of money to take a cover design course only to learn after a lot of practice that I will never be a cover designer. (laughs) So I have a good understanding of of what they need to stand out, but fit in in the genre, but I cannot do them myself. All right. So, um, you know, when we pick up a book in the store, because you you sell a lot of Uh, Mm e-books. I like e-books. I like the the paperback books too, but uh, do you sell both? You sell them e-books and paperback, so people can order in either format, right? Yes. Okay. So when they pick up the back of this uh, book, uh, you've got a little teaser on here. Do you mind reading that for us? Sure. Until you know who you can trust, you trust no one. The disappearance of a prep school girl from an affluent family leads to a world of hidden secrets more shocking than anyone could imagine. FBI agent Victoria Heslin investigates alongside local police, but the mysteries only deepen. Why are the girl's parents so uncooperative? And why are the local authorities resisting her help? When her efforts uncover a sex trafficking operation, Heslin enlists friend and fellow agent Dante Rivera to go rogue and try to save the girls before it's too late. Okay, so we've uh, we've seen the book cover that attracts us on the front. We flipped it over. We've now, we're now intrigued. We now want to go read read this. You ready to get under the covers with me? <laughs> <laughs> you ready? Huh? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. All right, so... We're diving into the book now. We're in the front of the book. We're in the opening chapters. We've got an inciting incident. Talk about the inciting incident. Prep school girl from an affluent family disappears at a Charlotte mall. This could be any upscale Charlotte mall. It might be something like South Park, right, or something? Could yeah. be. Could be. Could be. You never know, right? So was this disappearance uh, a girl that might typically disappear in this kind of situation or not? Not at all. And that's one of the mysteries in this story. It's why was this girl targeted? She's not at all the typical girl that sex traffickers would would want to bring into their operation. Her yeah. parents have too many resources; they can go out and find her. But it's and we're going to talk about this issue in just a minute. It's a, it's a horrific uh, problem. Um, but before we get to that, let's talk about the uh, protagonist here, Agent. Victoria Heslin. She's not in Charlotte, but she flies into Charlotte in this book, right? Yes. So early in the book, as I'm reading it, so she's a protagonist. Uh, it, she's got her own series written by Jennifer Ruff, right? Yes, she she's does. flying into Charlotte. She's in her early 30s. Tell us about her. Um, well, Victoria is a very capable FBI agent, but she's also an heiress, uh, thanks to a wealthy grandfather. So she has all this money on the side that makes her life a little more interesting than maybe the average FBI agent. And she's kind of obsessed with animals and rescuing dogs. She has seven dogs, and she has a full-time vet that takes care of them because she's on the road a lot. Yeah, and I understand that you are a dog lover yourself. I am. She's kind of living my dream life with unlimited funds to rescue animals. And she is uh, smart, but uh, not in a relationship, but necessarily not opposed to it, but just what? What's going on with her? Um, she's, she's a little introverted, and she might be a little odd in some ways. So men certainly find her desirable, and she's kind of shied away from relationships. And in these novels, she's really trying. She's really trying to kind of 
be a little more normal and mm. and strike up a relationship and be involved with someone other than her career and her animals. So is there, you know, a lot of times people ask, um, they ask me when I wrote a couple of books, you know, which one are you or which, which character, you know, what part of you is in the, do you ever try to put a little bit of you in some of your characters? Well, she talks to her dogs all the time so as there's if they're that. people. Yeah. There's <laughs> definitely that. Okay. Why Charlotte? Why'd you set it in Charlotte? Um, I was looking for an idea for my next Victoria Heslin novel about a year ago, and we had a big basketball tournament here in Charlotte, and I was listening to the radio, the local news, and the local news was giving tips on what to look out for for sex trafficking. They were saying it's going to be prevalent around this tournament, and here's what to look out for so you can help prevent it. So I always like to write about topics that are relevant and timely, things that interest me in the paper or the news. So I was kind of like, that's it. That's, that's going to be the setting for this mystery. So, and this is a truth that's being explored in this book, sex trafficking. And while we've read a lot about it, I mean, it's, it's almost like any kind of crime. If you, you know, you're going through life, you're in Charlotte, if you don't bump up against it and see it, you don't necessarily feel it, but it's there. It, it's out there lurking, and in this case, lurking in the shadows, right? Yeah. So where, where does sex trafficking, I mean, what did you learn about this through your research? Well, sex trafficking is very prevalent in almost every major city in this country. Charlotte is one of the lead cities for sex trafficking in North Carolina, and it's prevalent whenever there are events that draw in thousands of people from out of town. So we have all sorts of business headquarters here, and then we have NASCAR events, we have big football games, we have basketball tournaments. All of those events draw in the customers for sex trafficking, and Charlotte is there to meet that demand, unfortunately. Mm. And so how did you gather this information? Did you talk to people that had knowledge of it and in, in law enforcement? And I did a lot of research. I had a contact in law enforcement um, in Raleigh. He's an FBI agent on a human trafficking task force, and he was very helpful to me. I went to several talks from sex trafficking survivors, women who are adults now, but were sex trafficked when they were younger and are out there telling their stories to help raise awareness and prevent it from happening. And I spent a lot of time with a woman named Tammy Harris here in Charlotte who runs the Ursus Institute, which is an anti-trafficking institute. And she was so helpful. I would tell her my storyline, and she really helped me get into um, know how the sex traffickers operate, how they're able to get away with an activity so criminal, how people find them to make appointments, how they get the girls, how they hide them, basically how they operate this very successful business that's entirely criminal. So she was extremely helpful in helping me to, to create a, a realistic um, story about sex trafficking. If you like our mission of helping authors give voice to their written words, please consider leaving a short written review about Charlotte Reader's podcast on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice. Because when you leave a review, it helps authors reach more listeners. You can keep up with news about the show and member-only content for our member supporters by joining our email list. We promise not to spam you because, well, that takes too much time. And if you do join the list, we will give you a free ebook written by me, the first book in the Christmas Courtroom Trilogy. 
Charlotte Readers Podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. For more information, go to queencitypodcastnetwork.com. All right, well, this is Charlotte Readers Podcast, and we uh, authors give voice to the written words. You've got a, a read here that you're going to do for us. Um, you want to say anything to set that up? Sure. I'm going to read a scene with Sophia. She's a 16-year-old girl who has been sex trafficked since she was 13. She was tricked into coming to America from Ukraine to model. And she's locked in an abandoned building right now, and she can hear a new girl being broken in, so to speak, on the other side of the wall. Sophia pulled one earplug away from her ear. The new girl's voice had grown raspy and weak, but she still sobbed and yelled out for help that would never come. God, she's a feisty one. She still doesn't get that her whole life has changed. Maybe it's hard for her to believe, but the sooner she figures it out and toughens up, the better off she'll be. Svet might pull out her back tooth or cut off part of her toe. He knew little things that wouldn't show, but hurt like bloody hell. After he'd run out of tricks, if the new girl still wouldn't cooperate, or if she wasn't very pretty, she'd be drugged with meth or heroin and used up in the dark behind a motel room door that opened and closed with a never-ending stream of customers. That would be her miserable existence until she died of sickness or overdose. That's how it worked. The motel girls never lasted very long. Thank God Sophia wasn't one of them. Yet if she hadn't been so beautiful, she'd be home with her family right now, complaining with her brothers about their cramped cottage and too many chores, but happier than she'd ever realized. For a long time, over a year, it had been just the three of them, her, Anastasia, and Sasha, moving city to city, never more than a week in the same location, enduring shameful and perverted horrors behind closed bedroom doors. But now it was only her and Anastasia. Perhaps the American was meant to replace Sasha. Sophia squeezed her eyes shut as she heard confused pleas and a final, blood-curdling scream. The branding. Yep, the new girl was here to stay. All right, Jennifer, that's hard to listen to, but you, um, you, you're, you're working truth into the book because uh, without uh, the realism, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't be the same, right? Yes, it's hard. It's a challenge to write a book about a very disturbing topic and not make it unreadable. So I tried to handle it in a tasteful manner, not certainly that the sex is implied, but it's never, ever graphically portrayed. Um, none of my books even have swears or sex. Yeah, yeah. So it's an extremely disturbing topic, and yet it's might even still be PG-13, mm. perhaps. So in turn, a little writing life stuff here, you... Uh, You've been writing for quite a while now, or I've been writing for nine years. Nine years, yeah. When when did you uh, first uh, call yourself an author? Um, not until my first book was published, <laughs> and then it was very real, very fast, and very yeah. frightening. Yeah. And then I really tried to learn as much as I could. <laughs> yeah. You started out with uh, some traditional published work, is that right? Yes. Yeah. And then you shifted to independent publishing. Um, so why indie and how does that work for you? Um, I love indie publishing. 
uh, when I first started, there's no way I could have done it. I simply didn't know enough about what was involved. But after I was published, um, my publisher said I had to do two things that I wasn't doing. I had to have a website, and I had to have a social media presence, and I had none. So I took that to heart and really got involved um, mostly on Facebook, joining all sorts of author groups for publishing, for marketing. I learned so much um, just from information that's freely available. And you said, well, why, why don't I just do this then? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, only, not only because mm. I thought I could and I wanted to, but it just suits my personality better. I mm. like being in control. I'm not mm. very patient. There's so much waiting and so many things that are out of your control with a traditional publisher. So three different series. How do you keep the character straight? Um, they are so real to me. Yeah. They are as real as, you know, your mom, your dad, your okay. brother. So you, you know them no matter. I mean, you can get into their head and you're good and move Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Writing process. Uh, you're, you're treating this kind of like a business now. So what's your process? What's your routine? Um, well, first I do everything else, like clean the house, walk the dogs, <laughs> get all that, the kids. Get that out of the way first. Once that's done, I'm kind of just looking forward to when I can sit down and write. Okay. So it's every day for as much time as I can. So normally that's only two or three hours, but I try not to ever skip a day. Um, and it's a mixture of, of writing and marketing and editing for other people. And um, But every day I'm doing something related to my writing career. Mm. And you're also marketing every day, right? Every single day I yeah. try and do a little something. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, listeners, uh, Jennifer's also going to be doing something for us as part of our uh, member-only content uh, for those of you who are helping us help authors uh, you know, give voice to the written words. We're doing these uh, special um, guest uh, sort of presentations, and Jennifer's going to be talking about uh, writing villains and talking about the villain that us also think about when we think about marketing, so a villain in and of itself. And I look forward to doing that with uh, Jennifer and putting that out on our uh, Patreon account. So, Jennifer, um, how many books are you writing this year? I have one that's finished, Only One Cure, and it's with my beta readers right now. Okay. And I'm writing the third in the Victoria Heslin series. Okay. So you've always got something going, right? Try to, yes, yeah. always. Well, thanks for getting under the covers with me today and uh, looking forward to reading more of your work. Thank you. Well, that's it for today. Another fine author giving voice to their written word. Landis will be back next Friday getting under the covers with another interesting author. But before then, coming on Tuesday, we'll have another long-form episode with readings and conversations about the written words and the writing life of a local or regional author. Landis loves helping authors give voice to their written words, but he can't do it alone. If you're inclined to help me help authors give voice to their written words, please consider becoming a member supporter. We'd love to have you as a member. And when you join at certain levels, we'll give you access to member-only content curated by the authors and me. Would you like to hear more from the authors? Perhaps a variety of presentations on writing craft, or additional readings, or tips on marketing and social media. Would you like some behind-the-scenes insights and reflections from me, or some edited content from previous episodes without interruptions. You can find out more about these member-only benefits and how to become a member supporter at charlottereaderspodcast.com. Thank you for your support, and thank you for listening. Until next week. I'm Landis Wade for Charlotte Readers Podcast. <laughs>